0: The, the
1: oh, oh, shit, Scott McKenna. the here, co of Wow, Jamie McDonald.
0: What wow. a. the machine. Van de Scott McKenna. Welcome to the last regular, by the minute Aberdeen, the podcast for the season. Uh, We've got a happy job looking back on our first league win at Parkhead for 14 years, 25 straight league defeats, consigned to history, thanks to Andy Considine's second half winner yesterday, which secured second place for the Dons for the fourth season running. Uh, To look back at that, and to look back at a season as a whole which has been uh, solid, unspectacular, but filled with very, very frustrating moments. I think it's uh, a little friend. Well, friend is pushing it. But all oh, the acquaintance, Martin Clunas. Martin, good evening.
1: How you doing, Richard?
0: Doing very well, thank you. And uh, secondly, um, I'm not entirely sure anyone asked for him back, but he's back anyway. It's Martin. Um,
2: <laughs> <conscious>. Evening, Richard. <laughs> evening,
0: evening, evening. Evening. So, to business, to Parkhead, to Game... We're not entirely sure that many of us expected to get anything out of, to be honest. I think we all spoke positively, Martin, ahead of the game about, oh, the team that has the greater motivation has always got a chance in these games. Uh, Celtic are on the beach, OK, they've got a cut final to play for, but that means people won't want to be injured. But in, in your heart of hearts, I'm sure the very thought of Aberdeen at Parkhead brings you out in a cold sweat, doesn't it?
1: It does, and it has done for some time. Trying my best to be optimistic, and I was really thinking, you know, point might be enough to see us over the line. I mean, I didn't see a performance like that coming. A performance of just absolute bravery from every single player, and it wasn't just it wasn't just battling. There was actually, you no know, was the guys played really well, and the fears that I had. I mean, watching the game, I'm sure, like everybody else watching the game, I was. I was absolutely, you know, my stomach was in knots watching it. Just with some of the some of the clearances and, um, and when we allowed them to come on to us, but what a perf- what a performance! And it puts, you know, it doesn't quite wash away the bad taste of the last twenty odd games. It is just such a boost. What a way to end the season.
0: Grant, were you as pessimistic as Martin was beforehand, or do you think it's uh, as good an achievement as Martin clearly does?
2: I wouldn't say pessimistic is the right word Because when you look at those stats The 25 defeats in a row the no clean sheet there in the league since what, 1994 It's kind of just what you expect The thing I was most pleasantly surprised with is Just how we approached the game I think possibly this is probably to do with the fact that Derek McInnes obviously thought We have to win this game And he put out a team that actually went to win the game and I think at Celtic Park and Ibrox, that's not been the case in the past couple of seasons. Okay, you'd say we were perhaps helped in the first hour definitely by Celtic pretty much being in party mode and not really being at their usual intensity. But on occasions we've had that against teams before, not taking advantage of it, but we really, really seemed positive. And it was actually really enjoyable to watch us for this, especially for, for that first half hour. I think we really went for it. We played some really good football. I people say well I don't know if this has broken The the run at Parkhead The results against, I don't think it's quite done that Because of the situation that we had to win And it's completely different being the last game Of the season when you need the three points As opposed to a game in October when Things is still all to play for But I, I definitely think There were some optimistic signs there
0: in terms of the lineup, it was uh, probably relatively predictable. I think when we spoke beforehand, Martin, I think the only one we, we got wrong was the inclusion of Sam Cosgrove. Uh, but one of the keys to success, um, one of the keys to stability, I think the fact we've only lost one goal in the post-split games has been sort of reintroducing a more a stable three in midfield. It's been Dominic Ball, Graham Shearion and, and Kenny McLean. Now, McLean's obviously played furthest forward, but you wouldn't say it was a t- traditional number 10 role he's been playing. Are you surprised it's taken so long to get Dominic Ball to have a run at defensive midfield, which is obviously his position? And it's quite clear from the outside looking in that he's, he's the most direct replacement that we've got in that squad for Ryan Jack. To use that formation which gave us so much Success over the past two and a half years
1: The earlier parts of the, the Of his tenure at Aberdeen You know, you didn't really see I don't think Ball, no he, did, he was unspectacular in games, he was poor In some games, but we seem to have Actually found that he's actually Quite capable at playing that defensive midfield role For us, and once the split happens We found this midfield three that work Really, really well together Shinny and Ball absolutely just bags of effort uh, McLean has as obviously been a been a revelation since since obviously his moved to Norwich and then the loan back. This Dominic Ball isn't one that we would have recognised or thought was was anything that would be near a starting player in the team. And it probably you know, had it not been for maybe McGinn and Christie not being able to play, obviously McGinn's injured, Christie can't play against his parent club. You know, I don't think he would have really would have probably started on on Sunday, um, you can obviously argue the odds here and there about that, but it was good to see that finally we've I, say, I dare say gone back to what what kind of brought us to the dance if, if you want to say it that kind of way, where you know, no, Ryan Jack was a very capable player, at, you know, at the bare minimum if you want to say that, you know I'm not going to try and provoke reactions from people. He was, I thought he was a very good player and we didn't really replace him. Dominic Ball has came in and has did that role, and especially post-split, has did that role really, really well. I mean, we've only conceded one goal post-split. Now, there's very little else you can ask of the guy.
0: Is it more a case, uh, Grant, of uh, finally putting a, a round peg in a round hole and uh, you know, making best use of his, his squad finally?
2: I think it might be more to do with just the run of fixtures and then the fact that it's a post-split and we're playing the stronger teams or the more harder-to-break-down teams. That's the kind of teams that Dominic Ball can, can have a good impact in. I mean, he's not going to be there to create anything. He's not. Gonna, I think putting him a right, having him as right-back cover, I don't think he's done him any good because, to be honest, he doesn't look any use at right-back. I don't think he looks comfortable there. He doesn't have the confidence. When you're playing against Rangers, you're playing against Celtic, even against like tough teams to break down like Hearts, it's it's been good for him to have him in there breaking up the play, supporting McLean and Cheney when needed. I think it's more the lower teams, the, the Hamilton Ross County. I think if you have him in there and expect him to do a bit more going forward, I think that's 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 really getting away from what he's good at, and uh, I think that's maybe why he's maybe not had more of an impact earlier in the season. But I think this is an ideal run of games. That's come up, that's given him a chance of a few games On the side, and as Martin said Derek, Because of was talking last week, he's not really found a player To replace Ryan Jack And I think he's he's Been tinkering about trying to find A solution to cover that most of the season And maybe it's Taken this long to be Dominic Ball to Solidify his way in there But that's definitely One of the major positions That McInnes is going to be Having to look to sort out For next season
0: Well it has been a story Of season hasn't it Grant I mean he's I think initially It was clear that he wanted To try and go with just The two in midfield Where possible uh, And have You know Say Ryan Christie Operating as much more Of an out and out Number 10 uh, Taking him away From midfield duties But Games like the uh, The night at Motherwell For example And the Cup And other games like that He's He's been forced to become more cautious, I guess, and, and put the extra man in there. And it's just when we've seen Anthony O'Connor in there, I mean, he looks like a, a dog watching a tennis ball go past him at times. At least in the ball, you've got someone that actually looks comfortable in that position.
2: I think I suspect at the start of the season, had earmarked Greg Tansey for that role. And I think it became pretty clear early on that it just wasn't going to work. He just didn't have the same discipline or the same just composure that Jack did and I think that kind of scuppered his plans a little bit and as you said, putting a corner there was uh, that did nothing at all, I think that affected the rest of the midfield and it's it's just maybe just been all this tinkering with Naquali coming in as well and it's just taken him a long time to find maybe the solution that worked but now he's been talking about midfield, one of the major things that he, he needs to address and yeah, that's going to be a very important summer to fill... Well, three midfield positions. Well, assuming assuming going to stay there, which, well, from now on it looks like he will be.
0: When we spoke last week, Martin, that the one position in the team we did get wrong, as I said, was Sam Cosgrove getting a start. That's got to be a wake-up call to Stevie May in particular, doesn't
1: it? Cosgrove came in... There was obviously the first game when he came on against Celtic and got sent off, and everybody thought we've signed some complete joker here. When he was signed, you know, we spoke about him, and his you no know, his scoring record was, well, say less than stellar. But now he seems to you know the last couple of games he's been decent, if not spectacular. You know, there's a, there's clearly a lot of effort there, um, hard working kind of thing where you know you can he's decent in the air, can win headers. Stevie may is sit, sitting on the bench watching that. What can he be? What must he be thinking that? No, he's he's came here as the as a kind of mark, he was the marquee signing, dislodged Adam Rooney from the side, the guy who scored the hatfuls of goals for us in previous seasons, and then May comes in, doesn't impress really at all, and now he's 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 now warming the bench as well, and this other guy's starting. And you know we've gone, you know we've not lost a game post-split. Um, May must be furious, but it's up to him now. You know, okay, he, he had the injury from he got injured in the Rangers game. Um, earlier in the season, fine, and he had to come back from that. And you know, there's times he didn't look fully fit. He's got a, he's got a big summer ahead of him because if he if he if the season starts and he's first choice and he doesn't deliver, he'll be back on the bench again. And then he's got a problem because you no, know, if he's wanting to play for Aberdeen, he needs to deliver goals, and that hasn't been happening.
2: I'm I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt here a little bit. Um, he has had a absolutely horrific near career ending injury. And he's hardly played much football since. And I'm just kind of hoping that he gets a full preseason where he's completely fit. As Martin said, I think I think he started okay. I mean, a few good goals. I mean, a couple of terrific finishes. And I think that key game. I think that injury against Rangers. I think that kind of really knocked him back. And when a player who had been out for so long, has so many injuries to get knocked out of kilter like that again. I just don't think he ever really got back up to the pace of things And of course by that point he's got competition for places He's been shifted out in the wing at times The goals kind of becomes a pressure I, th- I just think I hope a whole summer Fully fit, good pre-season And he can come back fresh and ready to go next season And hopefully maybe get a couple of months down the line you will think he'll be starting scoring goals again
0: Well as the first half went on It was a pretty low key Pretty typical end of season affair I don't suppose there was any real push from the Dons to go and chase things because they knew that over in Edinburgh, Hibs were going very quickly 3-0 up. Martin, did you think it was all done at, uh, after 22 minutes?
1: I, well, I'd like to say that, you know, we all, know, no, Hibs were going to Hibs it and I thought, you know, oh, we have to get our own, bus- our, our own business done. But if I'm honest, at 3-0, um, it, was, it was almost party time. Um, there was no way... There was no way Hibs were gonna to, gonna to throw away a three goal lead, never mind go down what five, three, whatever they were. A new level of Hibbs in the Hibs, in it really, isn't it? Um yeah, it was it was all over at three 0 Surely though a Neil Lennon side against the Rangers isn't gonna throw that away. And then, you know, we know what happened. Just absolute kind of calamity stuff. I was watching it kinda of on the iPad as I had the with our game on the telly and just it was about ninety seconds behind through the BT up as well. It was a nightmare uh, because they're flashing up, and it's like this can't be right. This is a joke. And uh, the panic when it was once they got to three-three, the panic really set in, and it was a it was a nervous rest of the afternoon. <laughs> it's
0: probably a good thing, Grant, that they actually did get back to three-three before half-time because, as you pointed out earlier, it meant that uh, at half-time, Jack McInnes was able to sit the team down and say, "Right, we need to win here." Because it probably it, you, you kind of sense that teams that go out, for we've got obviously history with this, that teams that go out looking for a draw, uh, well that's a recipe for disaster, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but I'd like to, to, for him to see either way you have to win this game. I mean, Martin, you're saying that Hibs, oh, you can't throw away a three-goal lead, but if you're 3-0 up after 22 minutes and needing six goals to finish ahead of them, you're probably thinking, well, ah, we might as well have a go for it. So it wasn't entirely a surprise that Rangers came back. Once they got the first knew they were going to come back. But, I mean, even if the players didn't know what the score was at half-time, they're you know, like McInnes have just said, you need to win anyway. And once they got to 3-3, they must have been thinking, right, Rangers are going to win this. You have to have to get a good start to the second half. And fortunately, that's what we did.
0: It was a strong start to the second, uh, just before the goal. Uh, Greg Stewart's effort was called just over the bar. He'd hit the bar in the first half. but um, you take him back, Lance. I like him. I like him in the sense that, I think he's very good technically. He's very careful with the ball. He reminds me a lot of Kenny McLean until perhaps the last six months, And that he he does, his, he does a lot of good work, but maybe that end product isn't quite there yet.
2: Yeah, it's a difficult one. I do, I do like him, but you just you keep on just being left thinking he should be doing more. I mean, I I'd expected him to score more goals. He's had flashes, but this is the thing: when you have two players like Mackay Stephen and Stewart, can you can you really afford having both of them? knowing that one of them is going to be a bit flaky and the other one might get a good performance, the chances of them both playing well at the same time has been pretty slim. If you can get him permanently, then I think that would be definitely the option, but to take him back on loan again, it's a bit reluctant to take him on loan, but if the permanent opportunity came up and he was going to be here for two years and he could settle, then I I think that, that would... I would definitely be in favour of that.
0: Is it a bit like um, Stephen May, maybe, that he does need a strong pre-season, so that... uh,
2: (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Is this huge? (laughs) Uh, maybe a a manager not to allow him what he was up to in his last pre-season, possibly he was always playing catch-up, that could be the thing, and it's been a pretty long season, and if you're trying to catch up in fitness, it's pretty damn hard, so... Oh, that's probably a fair point, yeah. Yeah,
0: so he's maybe one that you'd take if we got the business done in June, but not in August. Okay. After that, the goal, and, well, Martin, it's once again it's Kenny McLean doing what he really had not done very much of at all in his past, uh, well, nearly three years at the club, and he really just decided to grab the game by the throat. His run holds on to the ball very well. A so, about five or six Celtic players get drawn to him and taken out of shape. He's then able to deliver the final pass, which again is something which we've criticised him for in the past. It's, it really is. Like, he was a solid player in the past, but that criticism was always no end product, not enough goals, stroke assists from, from where he was playing. But he re- it's night and day since January. I know we speak about this every week, but it's remarkable.
1: Clearly, even you know the Messiah that is Brendan Rodgers had identified Kenny McLean as a threat because you no, know, like I say five six of his players were were drawn to what Kenny McLean was doing and weren't paying attention to Andy Considine at the back post. He once again you know, like you say he took the game by the throat. I thought he was excellent against the Rangers in the week. Um, he was equally as good on Sunday. It's just been this final six months where you know he's he's playing he's just playing at another level. Um, and yeah. It's you know it's 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 frustrating that we haven't seen that player, um, but he is clearly maturing and such a good player at the moment. And we've had we've had six fantastic months out of him. It's I, I wish we could have more. Uh, but on Sunday it just he was he was excellent again. But you know, despite the fact that Celtic did have a lot of the ball, some of the Celtic players did look like they re- realised you know they weren't for a game with this guy. Him even you no know, even O'Connor, a couple of guys were just were ultra strong, committed on the ball, really cute with the ball when they had it as well. Not just lumping the ball into the in, out for a shy or anything like that. And Kenny McLean, despite not being the captain, him and Shiri they led by example. You know, they, I think they lifted the rest of the team to, to the level that they have been performing at.
0: When we were calling him a 2-0 player uh, all that time, Grant, were we wrong all along, or is it just has there been just once he's got his future settled, just a. Uh, uh... A sea change in in the player that Kenny McLean is.
2: Well, I think that the move to Norwich has definitely had done something for his confidence. It's obviously freed him up a little bit. I've always kind of been suspicious that he's kind of been affected by his versatility, his consistency. I mean, he's, he was always seemed to be the one that kind of get, get shifted around the midfield. I think he's forward, sit back. He never really got a run of games in the right position. I'm reluctant to think it's the old Lee Milleritis of the last six months of your contract and you're just tremendous and then uh, the rest of the time you weight your world on the shoulders but the, the thing, biggest thing I think one of the things we'll miss is for a player in that kind of position to play, how many games has he missed since he's been here? Like three or four or something? That's an incredible amount of games to play. It's, to have a player who doesn't get injured, who barely gets suspended who you can rely upon like that not just for his Goals and assists were of the season But that kind of reliability you can have is That's going to be a massive, massive hole to fill
0: My thought on this a few months ago anyway Martin I think that's maybe changed a little bit Because of his performance lately Has been that it's going to be very, very difficult To replace him and his technical ability as a player However, maybe by making sure you get the right mix in midfield You can become a stronger midfield unit If you recruit well
1: yeah i think that's I think that's fair um I'm sure we will come to it later on um in the podcast when we're talking about you know possible recruitment and what we' we'll what we're we'll do in the summer but um he will be very difficult to replace um you know with the money that the money that Aberdeen have to spend on transfers um is is not a lot it's minimal so to go out there and find a player who is maybe you know could mature into being as good as Kenny McLean does. Not that you're not that you're wanting to wait two and a half years for that to that to happen, um, It's a different issue. But you know we're going to have to try and recruit the right way rather than trying to find a direct replacement because I don't think there's a direct replacement out there for him to be honest. And yeah, you're, you're right.
2: The, McInnes said that himself last week. He said. You can't get a player of that quality out of contract. You can't afford a player of that quality for the fee. The only way you can get a like for like is through a loan deal. And as we've seen, that could be extremely hit or miss on the loan front. So, yeah, that's going to be very difficult.
0: So, we get a go ahead. Um, McInnes decides to change the shape up. Took Greg Stewart off. Um, thought, again, Stewart did well. Whilst it was good to see him place faith in young Dean Campbell. It did mean that we signalled to everyone in that stadium that we were we were just going to sit on what we what we had. Uh, was that a wise move, Grant? To,
2: to be fair, Celtic certainly got a lift from when they brought Griffiths and Sinclair on. That completely changed their tempo immediately, and that's when gaps started to appear in our defence. There was one chance for Sinclair, like acres of space, and he took ages. I I, I think it's only natural I I think playing at a place like Parkhead At some point They're going to start sitting deeper and deeper And think, okay, maybe we should Stick with what we have The Dean Campbell one's a mystifying one It's one of these things that When you have these lone players like Nikuali and Now if if he's willing to bring Campbell on For the last half hour at Parkhead
0: Has has he been injured? He He fell in the second half of the season Where he was injured uh, earlier in the season, you know, maybe not, but I guess Greg Tansey was still here. So,
2: even even with tans, I mean, what he played a minute last season, Campbell. I think it was against Celtic as well. Wasn't yeah, it? Was. it? A token appearance, but I think if, if he's willing to do that at this stage of the season, it's it it does irritate a little bit when you have the lone players and you have a young player that obviously has the capabilities to do this. Obviously we've been in a situation like this last season with Scott Wright and then we had some massive high hopes from this season and he's been desperately disappointing. And We'll just have to see if this is going to be another situation or whether he's going to get a chance to maybe have more chances in the first team next season. We'll wait and see.
0: Certainly in that last hour, half hour, um, it was fairly constant self pressure. Maybe not that many clear-cut chances. One of the clearest was definitely after Joe Lewis uh, spilled in and Cham shot Oh, i said it again, spilled. A little bit again, unfair on the Twitter feed yesterday, unfair tonight. It does take a nick, it is going at a reasonable lick. He saves it, but it does come out. Anthony O'Connor, great block. Had an earlier one on Dembele. There's a couple of times, obviously, he, he gets beaten for pace by Dembele early in the game and so on, but you know, there are going to be limitations without the defenders we have. We have criticised Anthony O'Connor a lot on this show, Martin. A lot, due to the times he's been pushed into centre of midfield, which I still stand by that he shouldn't be anywhere near a midfield position. But he's definitely been the most solid right-sided central back option that we've had this season. We all assumed he was away, but on today's statement from the club, it seems that they're still in discussions with him about a new deal. What do you reckon to that? Um,
1: That was a big surprise, yeah. I mean, we've been very critical of him and it's only fair that um, we're, we we praise him because he was immense yesterday. To be honest, um, some of the some of the tackles was were great. Some of the blocks, you know, defended defended really well. Uh, got in the way of shots. Was you no, know, he was everything you want when you're going to be under periods of long pressure. He was everything you want a centre back to be. He was you no know, brave, getting in the way, you know, winning winning headers, winning tackles, doing everything that. I guess it's. We did mention it when we spoke um, spoke a few weeks ago, where it's just that he's he's good at the the basics. It's it's kind of like I think it's maybe kind of like the Ash Taylor thing we spoke about last season. When you ask him to do a little bit more, then it, then that's where he, he, the the struggle comes to his game. But yesterday, no, clearly given a task of this is what you're doing. Don't don't be trying to maraud forward or anything like that or big mental cross field balls. Just defend, win the ball, get it to the midfielders or get it wide. And he did he did great. And then we find out today that you no know, there is still a contract offer on the table, which it looked you know three two, three months ago when it was spoken about um he was going. Depending on how the recruitment goes in the summer, I mean if the offer is still there for him, then Derek clearly wants him to stay. As long as he's nowhere near midfield, I wouldn't be totally against it to be honest, but um you do get the feeling that he if he's Going to be staying. he won't be staying as a, as a first choice centre back with presumably Devlin and McKenna being first choice. There is obviously a squad that needs filled there. There's a lot of players leaving and have left today. He wouldn't be a terrible option as a backup centre back, no.
0: I have to say, I think if he, if he was to sign on again, it would be with the intention of being first choice. But, to, Grant, do you think he's, he's good enough to be that first choice uh, with our aspirations and limitations, obviously, in terms of budget?
2: Um, no, I wouldn't have thought so As Martin said, I think McInnes must have the idea Of McKenna and Devlin in centre half next season I agree, I think he had his best game for Aberdeen yesterday But if you have Devlin If you've got uh, McKenna And you've still got Reynolds If he does stay, my worry would be Then it would be as a defensive midfielder And he would be more likely to appear there And I just think the money on the wages Could possibly be spent better elsewhere he's 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 obviously been swaying on whether to stay or not, so I'd rather have somebody that really wanted to be there than if somebody's maybe a bit unsure. so I could understand if he does stay, but I'm not exactly going to lose any sleep if he does go.
0: So full-time yesterday, um, obviously the Aberdeen end was going mad. Anyone watching at home was probably quite happy as well. Uh, I can certainly speak for myself and say that, yes, it was uh, um, one of the moments of the season, definitely. Uh, one man that was very, very happy uh, was Shea Logan. Uh, Shea, having just completed his fourth season of being booed by the Celtic support for having reported racial abuse by a Celtic player, perhaps over-celebrated things and certainly raised an arm to a Celtic player for which he was sent off. Uh, there was a further uh, come-togethers as well with, with some Celtic players. and uh, Who knows exactly what went on on the pitch, but certainly as he left the pitch, having been red-carded, he, he cupped his ear to the Celtic support. Petulant display, Grant, or, I mean, obviously something that will endear him to a lot of fans, but surely you can, given... Given the abuse he does receive on a continual basis, uh, you can understand some of where he's coming from.
2: Um, to an extent, I mean look, like, I mean yeah, people are going to be liking this, he's got it up to Celtic fans, but he could have just gone over at the Aberdeen fans and celebrated in front of them and could have made it as if he was winding up the Celtic fans as well. Of, of course he's he's got every right with the Celtic fans booing him over the Tornev incident, but I think we're at the point now that's been quite a while so there's every chance that every time he plays against Celtic he does the first opportunity he does to wind them up and there's a much chance that Celtic fans are getting on his back for that as it is. McKinnis i surely asked to have a word of him because it's been a good three he's done it a few times it's not the first time he's been sent off after the final whistle against Celtic likely going to lose him for what the first three games of next season and position we don't have much cover. in yeah in the light of day yeah it was good you would wind them up in that, but it's just stupid i mean it's it's, it's not going to do him any favors going forward the next time you play celtic and uh, it's 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 not ideal
0: and as for full time yesterday, martin the usual um uh, Celtic spin took place um on our Twitter feed, we got the fact that he had. Punched the Celtic player. Well, that was quite remarkable, and that um, it's his fault that he's booed because obviously, you know, he would want to go through what he's gone through over the last four years just to get some mediocre Bulgarian footballer into trouble. Uh, Do you have any more sympathy for him?
1: I do have sympathy for him. I think he was no. All he was, you can see the video that's been taken by one of the Celtic fans from their end. He's no. He is sarcastically applauding them. Big deal. How many times have we had to sit and eat complete shit at Pataudry while Scott Brown or one of these other morons is giving us crap from the pitch? And we have to sit and take it. I know, so Shea Logan has been getting it from them, like you say, for four years. And he and he, was just, he was sarcastically applauding them. And then loose the big galoot comes blundering over. And they start going at it. And Logan shouldn't have, lift, shouldn't have lifted his hand. He's pushed him in the face. He's not punched him. He's pushed him in the face. And then it kind of descends from there. You've got Boyata, the hard man, throwing the ball at him twice, I think it was. And then Logan just sort of, yeah, he maybe did overstep with the the volume of the celebrations in terms of, you know, I don't think it needed to be, you know, so much with the chest beating and stuff like that. But once you're sent off, if you're going to be sent off, you might as well go out in style. Um, But I have, I can't, I don't really think he deserves much criticism, no for a guy who clearly wears his heart on his sleeve And you've got to believe No, the guy's obviously been affected by By the incident that went on um, for, for, so for us finally To get the wind down there And to get it right up them um, Is he just supposed to sort of just Wander off and have a quiet a quiet, no Moment to himself in the dressing room of course he's going to be happy, and I think he was perfectly entitled to 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 give to give the fans a bit back. You know, this this just, just comes from the thing about how sensitive football fans are. You know, they you know going people that go and complain to stewards when a player might you know give them a sign, but a, a little you no know, sign back or something. You know, let's come on. You know, we've we've had to sit and like I say, we've had to sit and take it from. From not just Celtic Celtic players. We've had to sit in our seats while they've they've scored goals against us and we've lost games and we've just had to sit there and take it. So now, because it's Celtic, and let's be honest, they're offended by absolutely everything. They're a horrific support in general. There are a few exceptions or some decent ones, but the most part of them, they're completely the most offended people in Scottish football. Now, let's just tell them, they should just be wising up and getting over it. No, Logan was racially abused by one of their players. and no, they, should really, they should really shut their mouths about it.
0: Yeah, that sort of full offence taken by the modern-day football fan is quite cringeworthy. It was one of the things which obviously uh, uplifted the Ervings sport as well as the win. Uh, then you have Graeme Shinney's uh, counter home with Scott Brown. His comments on Brown after the game, what goes around comes around. Well, he actually got it wrong, uh, but we won't. I like that And uh, Came after he'd obviously Been yellow carded For a tackle on Brown What the TV highlights Didn't show you Was the context The fact that Scott Brown Probably shouldn't have been On the park To receive that tackle As he'd been booked And then Made a challenge Worse than the one He was booked for And of course In traditional Scott Brown fashion Nothing was done about it uh, Martin, uh, Graeme Shinney is very much the heartbeat of this team, isn't he? And it's uh, unusual, I think, for him to be so uh, demonstrative in a post-match interview.
1: In the context of the game, though, Shinney was right to point out that there were some pretty heavy tackles and some pretty nasty ones that had gone on. Uh, so he And he'd been on the receiving end of them before as well. So he is, like you say, he's the absolute heartbeat of the team. I wish he could just get booked a little bit less. Uh, but that's you know, that's clearly part of his game. He's going to... It's just. Something we will have to kind of deal with, but um, he was right to talk like that after the game. For too long, um, I think that we have been f- we have been furious, just as an Aberdeen support in general, you know, about how Scott Brown has been able to to bully our team and bully some of our players. Um, as you no know, didn't even look that apolog- apologetic after he fouled him, which I was kind of glad to see, if I'm totally honest with you. you no, know, okay, it was a foul. Get up and get on with the game Brown was trying to, kind of, trying to wind Shinney up Didn't work cool. Shinny was cool as you like That's exactly what you want from your captain The post-match comments just summed it up perfectly
0: And Grant, the Aberdeen support have been crying out this season For players, for a team that will take it to the Glaswegian teams And obviously under no illusions about the intensity of that Celtic display yes, they were, Towards the end of that last half hour Celtic were keen to score And Celtic were wound up By what had happened on the pitch So it was great to see both McLean and Shinney Stand up in different ways to that challenge
2: Oh yeah, absolutely uh, That was good to see and it's just, uh, I actually kind of wish Shinney could take a little bit of a leaf out of Scott Brown's book And find a way of avoiding so many of those bookings Because It came up when that guy started 19 bookings in 45 games Jesus, that's that's incredible and how he's not been sent off is at all for Aberdeen is unbelievable. I mean, he should have done yesterday because that was a horrific tackle, but it was good to get he got away with that. But yeah, as you say, for him and McLean really, really did stand up to them, even when they did increase the tempo in the last half hour. And I think obviously it's only going to inspire the people around them. And to be fair, as well as those two, O'Connor and Reynolds, were throwing their bodies in the line, Considine as well. So it obviously did have an effect around the rest of the team.
0: I tell you who else was beaming yesterday and uh, said some fairly significant things in the post match interview was the manager, uh, Grant. He just basically went through a lot of what we said about how we defended brilliantly, attacked with a bit of purpose, a bit of poise. Crucially, very important for us to look after our own business. And it really was, wasn't it? Because to give the support some sort of belief, some sort of statement victory, with the caveats obviously with Celtic having wrapped up the league already. That was actually probably more important than actually finishing second, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it was really good, as you say, to see just how much it meant to him, just how delighted it was. It just shows just that he really is still completely up for the job. And obviously, there are things that have clearly irked him recently, the stuff coming out of him, the stuff coming out of Rangers, and the fact to get second by beating Celtic at Parkhead on the last day, I think that, that gives the whole club a lift over the summer, and Getting it over on Lennon and Rangers, I think it really has something that you're just desperate to prove. And ach, he's obviously been frustrated by the cup performances and the games against Rangers and Celtic previously. And uh, it was just a perfect tonic to end the season. And yeah, as you say, it was, it was delighted to see the reaction from him at the end.
0: We were approaching before that game, uh, Martin. It was a situation where, you know, even Hearts, who were finishing sixth, have had a season in absolute disarray, will have smallish budgets again because they've Done a hideous management job on a new stand. They would have been going at the next season with a bit of optimism because they'd won the derby. Those statement wins we spoke about it before the Rangers game, we didn't pick one up that night, and I thought that was our chance. This season gone, but so to go there and win it's just again you go into the summer with a spring in your step.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. It's it's you put it's like an exclamation point on the end of the season. We've mentioned many times before here about how. The talk about our post-split form is has been not been great. I mean, last season there was I think it was three wins, um, which is an awful form for the split. This season, you know, you no, know, not dro- not losing a game. You know, you want to end the season well and to end it like that, you know, with such an exclamation point. And one of the things you mentioned with the manager's comments as well is you, know, you look at him in that, especially the the Sky press, uh, the Sky interview right after the game. Um, he's grinning from ear to ear. Some of that, some of the stuff, no. it's exactly what the fans want to hear from the manager. Um, some of the stuff he was coming out with as well. And perhaps if he's maybe he was like that a little more often, there wouldn't be this kind of this anti-McKinnis kind of undercurrent that has been in growing, and growing. Because you look at that, his first line is, you no know, how great were my players," and he's had uh, the smile on him. Almost, it was like the cherry on top of what was a brilliant performance. Is that you know? That You look at that and you say, if you look at that and honestly think that McInnes isn't 100% committed to Aberdeen, then I don't know what planet you're on.
0: Well, good to finally, during the lifetime of this podcast, be able to uh, look back on a victory at uh, Parkhead. <laughs> it's, uh, it's taken its fucking time, but anyway, uh, we got there in the end, we finished second in the league. It maybe doesn't quite paint over all the cracks and what was um, an up and down season, an inconsistent season. A season which um, maybe didn't provide that many highlights until the last game of the season. Let's have a look back at some of those key moments. Uh, and we'll take them chronologically. Grant, going right back, obviously we knew there would be a big rebuild job after the players that left in the summer. There was obviously some signings coming, guys who have maybe struggled elsewhere, but we know could have cut it in the, uh, in, in this league. Guys like Mackay-Steven, Guys like Greg Stewart are, are being brought in. You know, what were your thoughts at that time? I mean, a lot of people were very positive about those signings, but uh, they were big shoes to fill.
2: Yeah, well, I expected to go in with a bit more hesitancy to this season, but those signings did certainly make a difference. Uh, there's a bit more optimism ahead. Obviously, that started with the first European game, the win in Sorokie. and But <laughs> the... It was the game, the second leg at Apollon was so, so disappointing. I mean, the I think that did knock us back a little bit towards the start of the season. I think if we'd had that extra European game, got that little bit of progress that we hadn't done before, I think that would have made a massive difference. It may, may have taken a little bit of pressure off some of the players as well, because the, the guys that came in, it was a bit stop-start, there were some good performances here, not there, and I think it kind of just set the tone for the season, the kind of when you've been used to the likes of McGinn and Hayes playing so consistently, and then you get guys coming through place and then the guy Steven, Stuart, May, up and down, I think I think that was kind of one of the big factors of why the entire season just kind of never really got flowing, even though, I mean, it's ridiculous now to look back and think we only finished nine points behind Celtic compared to last season. Still think we're kind of a little, little bit disappointed, but obviously the cup exits make a massive impact, and I think the first European one was was one of the biggest disappointments.
0: Yeah, it was a really disappointing uh, display in Cyprus, Martin, and in many respects, a harbinger of what would happen in a fair few of the more important games this season. But maybe the first big moment on the pitch uh, this season was in the first game against uh, Apollon and Graham winner.
1: That was the, er- the early highlight. You know, you're looking, it was just, obviously, it was um, spoiled by the away leg, but um, great performance, I thought, um, in the home game um i th- I think with probably thoroughly deserved the win there, and it was a it was a great early start soroki was a was a decent little a decent start as well, you know getting through that round, but I think grant's right to say that there, and you know, the maybe maybe that one extra round would have been something that would have kind of car- carried us forward a little bit stronger um but yeah,
0: so August it was a solid league start without ever performing brilliantly, but you you know you kind of thought, okay, new players, new team, time to bed in. Unfortunately you were still thinking that in April But Stevie May certainly did impress early on As we said uh, And on his home debut grant We get maybe uh, moment number two And his winner against Dundee Cracking strike
2: Yeah I mean a couple of those early goals were superb finishes And it just shows you When he's at his fullest at his sharpest That the ability is there And the instinct is there And that, that's as I mentioned earlier That's one of the things That kind of is making me positive for the summer as you said about the first few months of the season, like we won the first four games, so there's so many of those one goal wins to start off with that you do where we we're going to get found out a little bit at some point and then the kind of draws early in September kind of halt the momentum a bit. But, but yeah, going back to Stevie May, that, those, those are the moments to look back on that you think that definitely just needs to get his confidence back up, get his sharpness back up, and we have a really good striker in there.
0: Martin September, um, couple of leagues were the start off September, but uh, the first of um, well, maybe not the first cup calamity. Obviously, if they, if you're treating the Apollon game as a calamity, I mean, Apollon have a solid European record. A uh, calamity is maybe pushing it, but certainly um, the first horrific defeat to Motherwell. Then let's put it that way. Uh, in the League Cup was in September.
1: That was the sort of the first real, I think, the first real disappointment of the season. Um, where you know we. Um, we didn't really turn up that night, and then you know, Joe, Lew- Joe Lewis had you know a couple of a couple of dodgy moments, probably his worst game in an Aberdeen shirt. You kind of think you know losing three nil um, away to Motherwell in the Cup, who Motherwell are capable. You know they're good at what they do. It was it was really really disappointing, and then I suppose you know, you kinda, you look at that, and as, as disappointing as it was, you know we go back there. Um, you no, know, what was it three four days later? And we unearth at least we unearth the, the hidden gem that was Scott McKenna. So um, not that I'm suggesting losing 3 0 in the cup is a good thing because it is absolutely not. I think I think the manner of that defeat at Motherwell probably
2: was a good thing in the end because it took I think Ted McInnes to the end of the tether just to give McKenna his chance. He was just had it, had it with the defence. I mean, I suspect that he was going to get sent out on loan at the end of that summer transfer window. And I'm not sure as if he was knocking on the door Getting ready to be picked But I think it was just a statement from McInnes After that performance of changing both the centre-halves And putting McKenna in there with Arneson That led him to do that So maybe the manner of that defeat is a blessing in disguise Kind of horrendous to say that now But possibly as they followed that up With the performance against Hibs at Easter Road A couple of weeks later And I think those are the two games that really set him on as well
0: yeah, it's been a, a, quite a tale for Scott McKenna, obviously, who was again selected in the Scotland squad, along with, ooh, Graham Shinney, finally, for a meaningless friendly at the other side of the world at the end of the season. Just when you think Shinney might have earned himself a decent holiday. Anyway, um, you, Grant, you're right, we say October sort of win it, Hibs. Uh, in fact, it saw a couple of games which would end up sort of defining the season in many ways. a, a, a very ground-out, hard-fought win at Easter Road, which at the time didn't seem like that big a deal, but it also saw a home hammering by what was a very impressive Celtic side, and really just reinforced the fact that, yeah, it's second at best.
2: Yeah, that was certainly a, a wake-up call that, uh, yeah, as you say, second was the only thing we were going to be getting anywhere near this season. Um, and probably that the manner of that performance probably... Had a big effect on the rest of the way we played Celtic until finally uh, the weekend But yeah, that was a pretty chastening, chastening experience that game
0: November kicked off with the sound of gyros being cashed And spare change being collected into bottles As uh, the Rangers struggled to get the compensation trigger <laughs> together for Dalton tenants. That kind of dominated the news cycle for around about six weeks, Martin in it Really seemed to have an impact on our season Obviously with the double header against the Rangers In which we got beat twice in November and December And a grand total of four points of a possible 12 in the whole of November Had a big impact on our season, didn't it?
1: It really did, yeah I mean, it, it, there's no question that it unsettled um, Not just the manager, but unsettled the squad as well Because I suppose, you know, if if you're a player you think, If you think the manager is going to be nicking off, um, you know how do you how do you instill belief in players when you're not going to, you might not be there in a couple of weeks time um so yeah it totally threw the season off track you know um a draw, was that? a draw with, I think we drew with Hamilton and lost to Motherwell um obviously we beat Kilmarnock because well we always beat Kilmarnock um but then you know, the two games against the rangers which was the ones that were the really disappointing ones you No, know, um losing to losing to the reserve team coach as well um is really was really really hard to take um, especially in you know, a three nil down there is you no. Know, we've seen worse, but um three nil down there was really, really hard to take with them um, with the squad and the players we have and then you know it comes round that um actually you know the manager isn't going um you know because they couldn't like you say the gyros and that they couldn't scrape enough cash to get him despite the two defeats the manager's staying you know then suddenly the season's back on track, and it was um the worst possible, probably, type of gamesmanship from them about how to uns- unsettle another club as well. Um, you know, there's talk about whether they did want them or whether they didn't actually want them or who at the club wanted them. No, that's no, it's immaterial now. It doesn't really matter, but um, it certainly put a massive um, spanner in the works as far as um, the mid-season for us was going.
0: Uh, so that managed to drag on to December um, before we finally. I got that statement, that wonderful statement from Ibrox, which gave us well reintroduced the word concomitant to the lexicon of Scottish football. uh, From whence it will now never depart, I presume. Uh, We also got another uh, impressive victory over Hibbs in December, just when things looked to be settling down. Um, We had the night first of all at Dens Park, Brant, in the immediate wake of uh, Derek McInnes turning down the Rangers' job, and um, that was certainly a good night for the support.
2: Yeah, the timing of it I think just made it all a bit bit worse, that whole situation, but to, to be fair, I mean, we came back pretty well after it, and not just Derek McInnes coming back from it, from uh, Gary McKay-Stevening coming back from his uh, travails as well <laughs> yes. for that thing <laughs> so that was a, an ideal moment for him, but uh, it, it was important that we got kind of back on the road with a few victories there and the one against Hibs is particularly enjoyable as well. And it's like Gary McKay, Stephen, it's just it's one of these. Every club's got one of these players. I think I remember us talking to the Motherwell guy about it a couple of seasons ago. Maybe a bit Johnson. It's like, oh, why can't? If, well, you can see him at his best. Why can't he do it every week? But then you have to say to yourself, well, if he did it every week, he wouldn't be playing for us. He'd probably still be at Celtic or he'd be somewhere else. And it's just if you can get the kind of consistency that he showed in those games, we we can only hope. But, but, yeah, that was that. his performance in that game was certainly one of the big highlights.
0: January transfer window, uh, it brought an old face back, Niall McGinn. He scored an incredible goal against Kilmarnock, only to be bettered in the same game by a centre half. In fact, January saw another great goal from Gary McIve-Steven against the Mimmon, which also has been totally overshadowed by Scott McKenna's effort. However, in between those two, another damaging defeat at Ibrox, but it has been a season of great goals, Martin. There's no question about that.
1: When well, we talk about last season, The you know, goal of the season was was a pretty obvious. It was going to be Christie's one against Motherwell. This season, you look at it, and as good as as good as McKenna's hit was, um, and it was you no, know, you no. Know, it, it's made by the reaction of their of of their keeper. I you know we've seen some fantastic goals this season. Stevie made against Dundee was great. Gary mckay Stevens rattled a couple in. You know, it's not been awful. You know, in terms of quality, you know, you sometimes think that you no. Know, when you lose a, lose the talent that we lost, okay, we got McGinn back. when you lose someone like Hayes and you lose this, you're going to lose quality, and it's maybe going to be a bit scrappier. But there's still been some fantastic goals, and there has been some pretty decent football as well. And um, yeah, within that within that one month, there was you know, at least three goal of the season contenders.
0: It's kind of telling though isn't it Grant that we've been relying On kind of individual moments Of brilliance rather than perhaps Great flowing team displays To win a lot of these matches this season And it, 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 The fact that we've scored so many Outstanding individual goals This season probably backs that up
2: It's been struggling to have somebody An out and out goal scorer this season And <laughs> it's been relying On that odd moment I don't think they, obviously The pitch probably hasn't helped Playing decent football at home either especially with some Of the players we've got that must have been a factor for a good portion of the season as well. To have those team moments you need to have a good few players who are consistently being on form and even when you look at the likes of Ryan Christie who had been good at the start of the season but his contribution's been pretty tailed off towards the last few months And there's apart from McLean in the second half of the season the other player here and there at the back, you're not going to get these moments of fluid team football if you're not going to rely on Guys in the past, like McGinn Hayes, Rudy, you could know could link up. Without that link up, then it's going to be relying on individual moments rather than team brilliance.
0: February saw the only two back to back defeats of the season, which again is quite remarkable uh, when you think of the amount of whinging that's been going on. But uh, they were again very chastening defeats because Hibbs in that second half at Easter Road. Absolutely blew us away Like I would say no other team maybe has done this season They could have scored 5 in that second half We just lost it Completely lost it And it really fired them back into contention In the race for second Uh, And then we faced the Celtic team Who were at that point Probably as wobbly as they've been Under Brendan Rodgers And we just Basically gave them the points They go down to 10 men It's still 1-0 and we, we can see the suicidal second goal, which just summed up the afternoon, or maybe Sam Cosgrove's idiocy summed up the afternoon. But there have been some real low points this season, Martin. Have of an extent that we maybe haven't had to sit through for a good few seasons?
1: It, is, it sounds weird think, thinking that you know two defeats in a row um, you know, is was the, kind of the the real, real low point of the season. Um, but I think. That came, I think that came after four wins in a row, and you know we'd um, we'd given Dundee United a bit of a seat a proper scene too in the cup. You know the game before, but yeah, you're right to mention. I mean that second half against Hibs was 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 awful, um, as bad as it was as bad as it gets, and it was lucky that it was only two. And then um, the Celtic game was just you know I've been I've been complimentary about Sam Crowe's but I still can't let it go that that was idiotic. Um, what he's you know going in on going in on Brown like that, and then you know that just gives them a lift. That you know when we should have been we should have got back into that game, had a chance to get back into that game, um, and we threw it away. And the, pro- the thing is, though, know, after two, just you, you think of it, only two defeats. You suddenly look and you think, you know, are the wheels coming off a little bit? You know, Celtic are playing. You know, weren't playing well at that point, And as you rightly mentioned, they were playing pretty poorly, but they were picking up wins. Um, Hibs blows away, and then you're kind of getting worried because you know this, our squad was looking a bit threadbare and. Despite the fact that the manager stayed only four or five weeks earlier, whatever six weeks earlier, whatever it was, um, you're looking at thinking, you no, know, getting a real, getting really worried about how the season's going to go, and you know, it, it, at that point, it was worrying that I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of hope that we were going to be second. I was, I was starting to worry for us.
0: Now that Hibs game, um, Grant, it kind of spoke to me about a tale of uh, January recruitment, I and mean, we had uh, Chidi Nkwali making his. Uh, a full debut that day, replacing a suspended Graham Shinney, whereas Hibbs, their win really, the heart of their win was the contribution of Scott Allen, uh, Canberri and McLaren, in addition obviously to McGeoch and uh, McGinn, but it it does show the importance of doing good business in January, doesn't
2: it? it it's always concern particularly when we seem to be heading to a situation where we're heavily reliant on loan players and yeah, that game in Quali I mean, we've we've had been very successful with three or four very good players from down south on loan, but at the same time we've been lumbered with quite a few really bad ones. And it's if you if you do not get your recruitment right, as you say, then it's going to cause you problems as the season goes on. And I, th- I think as we'll probably talk about later, the second semi-final probably highlights that even more than the Hibs game. I think. Obviously from Hib's point of view They had recruited well If you don't have like a second option If you're going to be relying on players who aren't ready Who haven't been fit enough I mean when McGinn came in We probably were a bit more reliant on him a bit too much at the start It's probably why he was struggling towards the end of the season And one other thing from those games is I think what was so irritating about the, the Celtic and Rangers performances At that point was How other teams were playing against them And how teams were troubling them And we just weren't laying a single glove on them I've tried watch play against him of Kilmarnock, but even Hearts were causing them more problems. And I think that's partly one of the reasons why it was becoming such a negative around those games.
0: On to March, um, the mood, morale wasn't greater in Petaudry. The, the first game against Kilmarnock had uh, just about took place to so a, um, a very small home attendance, a good away support on, obviously, um, the form team and the whole of Scotland, but they still can't beat us, and that's thanks to a contribution of a loan signing, Freddie Woodman, who became the penalty hero down at Rugby Park in a replay. Uh, don't know what it is about penalty shootouts, um, Martin. They're, they're, they're horrendous, but they always provide, a, if you win it, they always provide a, a key moment in any season.
1: Well, Woodman became, became a hero um, due to, obviously, Joel Lewis's injury. Um, and you know you're right. You no, know, there's always going to be a hero and a villain when there's a penalty shootout. It just it's the nature of what they are. I don't think they were great games either of the either of those two cup games versus Kilmarnock But I mean, it's a I suppose you kind of say in a quarterfinals, final it's about just they were just about getting through. It's not really about the performance.
2: That, that's actually an, an interesting point about the recruitment in January is the, With the news about Danny Rogers signing a new contract today as well, and the fact that he went to bring in Woodman. Okay, yeah, he was a hero against Kilmarnock and he did fine. He was very good goalkeeper, but if we had that money to bring in Woodman, do we not have money to strengthen other areas of the team at that point? It's a, I thought it was a pretty damning verdict on Danny Rogers, to be honest, the fact that we were very so quick to bring in a keeper to replace him and I was very actually very surprised to see him sign, sign a new contract for the.
0: I think in fairness, he, he was, he was going to have to bring in another senior level keeper regardless as a question of how good a keeper you could bring in, surely, no?
2: Possibly. I mean, in that situation, um, you could have possibly relied on Rodgers with a young keeper on the bench, and if the worst came to the worst, you could bring in a free agent. I, mean, I don't think it would have been that difficult to have sorted something because it wasn't as if Lewis was out for that long. Maybe he came back sooner than he expected, but it, but it did seem a, a, a slightly strange decision to go for a lone player ahead of somebody who's. Who you've got supposedly high hopes for
0: So the one that came on, it brought us to Hamden And well another spectacular Bottle crashing afternoon um, When we just Didn't cope with Moral's moral physicality um, Or the loss of players Obviously you have to remember we were without Shea Logan Kenny McLean and Graham Shinney For that afternoon and it really spoke to and he finally admitted it himself: uh, the recruitment issues and the fact that we hadn't had a balanced squad all year, not having you know proper right back cover. Maybe Shea Logan missing the first couple of games next season is a good thing because we might actually prioritise that for next year. It was the sort of things we'd been pointing at, alluding to all season. Martin and the sort of failings, everything came home in one rather horrific ninety minutes.
1: We've already picked over the bones of it, you know, but the individuals that were didn't perform at all well, the whole the defence really struggled. I mean, we we kind of we called out Ball and a couple others, and you know, I think that was the that afternoon was the final straw for for Carrie Arneson as well. Um, as as far as being a kind of a senior Aberdeen player was going to be, him he was. I think it's unfortunately for him. Whatever he had is well and truly gone, and he was he was he was found out. I think you know he's. I don't want to say that he's finished as a footballer because that's a very it's very harsh to say that. But it certainly looked at that afternoon as well, and it was it was an embarrassing afternoon because we just didn't turn up. And when, but when you've got three senior players missing, you're you're right to absolutely right to mention about the recruitment and McInnes has and noted it himself and. That's the thing and Grant does raise an interesting point there. It's like sort of you, you no, know, we're gonna look we would have needed to bring in a goalkeeper, but um to add a rather you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, you know. The squad could have been rounded out a little bit better in the January window, but instead it wasn't. We brought in a keeper who was you know, was very highly rated in fairness. You know, he saw he won all the kinda the plaudits at the the World Cup that he was at. That afternoon was just you know, live on television, you know, and we just didn't show up and it was it was. It was a proper. It was. It was. A, it was an embarrassment going back to like the bad old days of Scovdal and you know, Steve Patterson and this sort of thing.
2: Look, looking back at that game, it's something I keep going back to the loan thing. But if you're in a cup semi final and you've got guys like Ball at right back and a Quaile in certain midfield, I would much rather we gave one of our younger players a chance. Just they were in a youth cup final. There must have been one or two that could have come in there at some. In one of those positions I mean look at what happened to McKenna To give a player a chance It could be the making of them, it could be the breaking of them But I'd rather they found out At that point than put, just put in an Average loan player who probably never hear from again And I mean <laughs> You've got a guy in the quality I mean why is he at Manchester City it's, Does he even think he's going to get a game there I mean it's so frustrating when you see players like that Who are clearly no better than what we've got And there must be somebody worth giving a chance You look at somebody like Frank Ross out of at Morton Okay I don't think he's been playing that much himself But it must be worth in a semi-final Putting in one of your own young players Rather than just a lone lone player Who's no better than average
0: Well I think in fairness The aforementioned Dean Campbell That was a time at which he was injured And therefore wasn't able to even make the bench that day Um, So I'm not sure how many other Viable options there were Um, Yeah you could to, to make their total debut in a cup semi-final But Thursday after that game Spirits were on the floor And I think the team do deserve some credit for regrouping uh, Post-split Part of the season where traditionally we've had our issues Obviously um, Last season three wins out of five was, uh, was better Certainly than we had before the Derek McInnes um, And this season we, we needed to do Something post-split if we were going to um, retain second spot As we had done in the past few seasons And, and we kicked off The fixture list was probably fairly kind in, in the ordering We kicked off at Kilmarnock Again, still by that point Scotland's foreign team But went there and won comfortably Beat Hearts equally comfortably Home draws to Hibs And the Rangers A little bit of a disappointment there That we weren't able to put either team away Weren't able to definitively get the job done On those days but for many, many people, we certainly asked a question on Twitter and we had about 100 or so responses. And I think um, if you want to know, the best thing to do is just to, to click open that tweet and see the responses. A lot of them, and there's a recently bias, obviously, but a lot of them focused on yesterday. And that goes back to what we were saying earlier, Grant, doesn't it? It's just so important to give the support who have been battered in some of these big games to give them some sort of belief.
2: If you just look at the other side of what would have happened if we'd finished below Rangers, this whole atmosphere, the whole, it would have been completely different. I think the fact that we finished second again it takes a little pressure off Derek McInnes in the summer going forward. All the pressure is going to be on Rangers. I mean, everybody's going to be focused on Gerard. That whole circus is, well, oh, it's just going to be going on for months. But I mean, if you look at the teams below them, Hibs and Hearts, Kilmarnock, I think it's going to be a stronger challenge for everyone next season, and I think just that win, just the fact that we've got second again, I think I think it just makes everything look more calm. Everybody's just enjoying their summer. Obviously, everybody's very positive after the result, and just if we can get well, it'd be good if Celtic actually won the Scottish Cup so we actually get into that second qualifying round. Gives the players an extra couple of weeks off or week off, which would make a massive difference considering the early starts we've had in the past few seasons and. Yeah, it's just amazing what one result can really, really change the outlook at the end of the season.
0: And uh, the importance, Martin, as well, of of doing it when it matters post-split. I mean, eleven points post-split—the most of anybody else in either half of the league. Again, when it mattered. Yes, some of those teams are down tools to a degree, but teams we struggled against. You know, we hadn't won against Hearts until we'd faced them post-split. We'd lost every match against the Rangers. Hibs were, again, very much the team on form when we faced them. You've got to take that into next season, don't you? Those European games will come very quickly at the start of the season. And again, they're going to be games, because we'll be unseeded in QR2, presuming we get there, they're going to be against decent opposition and they're going to be tough games.
1: They are going to be tough games, yeah. And you're right that, that getting that points tally is good. I mean... You know, I think that it's probably fair to say that most people, you know, how know the, the manager mentioned it himself. You no, know, Aberdeen were being underestimated greatly after that split. You know, I think people, most people were tipping Hibs to get second. Um, and I think you look at it. You no, know, the positivity will be around the club as well. You no, know, if we finish below Rangers, if we finish third or we finish fourth, then you can uh, you're looking at it saying, well, the target is to get back to where we were. Um, you need to be focusing on getting back up to second. Where what we've done is, we've we've just basically we've we've managed to reaffirm the fact that we are the second best team in the country. The manager said that in his interviews as well. Um, we go into next season, No and find that you no, know, the basket case club that for my brooks are going to have this you no, know, this new manager in charge, and it's just going to be an absolute you know it's going to be a circus as you say, Grant. Um, it'll be you no, know, th- that'll take care of itself. Um, we also we focus on ourselves. These European games um, are going to be tough because what do the guys? What do the guys get off? Five weeks, six weeks, or something before they're going to have to come back to to full training for Shinny. It'll be even less for McKenna. It'll be even less. Um, and, so, but, and those games will be against decent opposition. Um, no, I don't think Soroki were were by any means a poor poor side, and will manage to get through there. Um, unfortunately, you're not going to get a game against some kind of you know. Estonian farmers anymore um, it's going to be some difficult get difficult games because you know, the argument for another day is obviously that the Europa League isn't designed for clubs like Aberdeen to flourish um, so we're going to have to be on it from the very get go um and though that's you know so it's a case it is about looking forward already um, and as I'm sure we're about to discuss about recruitment it's about getting the right people in at the right positions um, and then hitting the ground running
0: so finally gentlemen um One if you can Moment of the season And one head in your hands Moment of the season Grant first (laughs) Uh,
2: I think the moment of the season Probably the McKenna's first two away games The 1-0 at Motherwell uh, 1-0 at Hibs I think When a young player comes through It's always an exciting time But it's always nice to see a defender Just looking so assured Especially when you've been struggling and going on to Well it looks like he's going to be bigger and better Things, so, say rebuffing the bids from Hull in January There was obviously a slight concern You might get a higher bid from somewhere Now he's placed for Scotland Now he's a bit more on people's radars But now he's signed a new Contract that um, Hope that we'd, we'd Be able to rebuff them and he'd take His place with Devlin in the uh, Centre of Defence next season Head in hands moment. Ah, well, ah, it's just too obvious to take any one of the picks from the cup ones. But the I think the apollon Limassol one, the away game, it was just set the tone for the rest of the big games in the season. Hardly had a glove them, hardly had a shot on target and anger in the game. And it was just so so disappointing. And especially with the the changes in the Europa League, I think you're more off with this than I am, Richard. But it's going to be extremely, extremely difficult from next season on To even progress past the second qualifying round By looking at some of the teams are in it So uh, that that definitely was a huge missed opportunity
1: Martin? One of the highlights of the season anyway Someone actually also mentioned this on Twitter as well So um, I, I can't remember who the name was But it was one that I was going to pick as well Is um, That relaxing moment when Derek McInnes must have went home After the game on Saturday the 21st of April um, And emptied his, emptied his wallet, his keys and Steve Clark out of his pockets um, was really satisfying after all the t- stuff that's been written about him coming up here. Um, you know, he's got a fantastic record against Comarnik, and um, you know, for what Steve Clark managed to do for Comarnik about you know, beating Rangers and getting these results against other teams. One of the one of the satisfying things was, you no know, our managers had a, has to, has dealt a lot of shit this season from our own support as well, um, and I think that you know Steve Clark's going to you know win all these plaudits. Um, and Derek McInnes has just had to sit and take take some shit from people. So that was a that was a particularly satisfying moment of the season. Um, the head and hands moment, like I mentioned earlier, the the two nil at home game against Celtic, where we, we we really should have got ourselves back into that game, and instead, you know, Cosgrove gets sent off. You've got you no know, Scott Brown up leaping about the pitch like an absolute lunatic. That's probably as pissed off as I've left an Aberdeen game in a long time Because um, I felt that you know, we had an opportunity to, to, to really put, to get one over them Or get something off of them That was one of the low points of the season for me
0: Alright, as I say, you have been um, plentifully supplying your own moments of the season Over on Twitter, so do have a look I think there's a Facebook thread as well um, But hardly anyone's on that So... Um, Give a look. It's uh, it's good stuff. Everyone coming out from their own angle, obviously. Yes, yeah, that's our season review. It's been it's been curious, hasn't it? It's been curious. For um, next, well, we can decide that I suppose when we meet again in July. Uh, so not only do the players get a break, but uh, I get a break from these two as well. So, uh, but for another season, our third season down, it's been an immense pleasure to be back in the company of Grant Fiskin. Grant, thank you very much. Cheers, Richard. And I cannot shake him off. Please, can someone else, another podcast, pick him up over the summer? It's Martin Clunes.
1: Always a pleasure, never a chore, Richard. I'll be, I'll be, I'll maybe try and um, get a job on one of the other, the by the minute SPFL podcast or something.
0: Is that, do the Motherwell guys not need someone?
1: I'm not watching Motherwell week in week out. You can fuck off. Because,
0: <laughs> because you are officially selfless to requirements here. I just want to let you know. <laughs> I'll <laughs> take you into the office and, and let you know. Okay, uh, that is us uh, from a regular basis uh, until next season. Thank you very much for listening over the course of these last ten months. Uh, but we'll be back room to go and sign for those European games. We love European football around here, so we'll be tremendously excited about that come July. Uh, have a great summer, uh, and once again, thanks for listening.
1: A salute at the threshold of the North Sea of my mind,
0: and a nod to the board that drove me here to face the tide and swim. I
1: swim. Oh, swim.
0: Dip a toe in the ocean. Oh, how it hardens and it numbs. The rest of me is a version of man built to collapse and crumb. And if I hadn't come now to the coast to disappear, I may have died in the landslide of rocks
1: and hopes and fear. So I swim until you can't see a land, swim, until you can't see a land swim.